building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. In this episode, Angela and Patty's goal is always to discuss building better relationships, whether at home, work, and within the world we live in. Today's podcast is called Choosing Cultural Awareness Instead of Racism. Angela, how did we come up with this topic and title for the podcast and why? I used to live in the USA and I'm in Australia now where I was born and grew up and I've been connecting with you Patty doing these podcasts for three or four years now and we were sharing our thoughts and feelings about the division between people in the USA and also all over the world however the USA is really strongly demonstrating that division for the world about how people can be divided over class and race and even have different perspectives on racism without uh, any positive conversations about the differences about people. And I had recently just finished working on a Master Coach certification where we talk about cultural awareness, something you don't hear in the media, social media or the mainstream media. And in that training, we underline how important it is to be aware of culture and differences of culture if you're going to coach anyone. You can't coach someone if you don't take into consideration what their cultural background and influences are. In fact, you can waste time and impede your client's progress when you don't understand how they perceive the world. So in that training we looked at the importance of cultural awareness and we discussed what are those differences between different cultures in terms of time management, personal space, their relationship to power dynamics, the way they communicate and the way they relate to their family and their sense of individuality and also several other factors that influence the individual's sense of self and identity. So when I was um, talking to you, Patty, I was considering what struck me after the training is that the world now has very little reflection or understanding on cultural awareness. And instead, we end up with a really heavy focus on racism because we're not taking the time to understand each other. And we're also getting stuck in judgments about different cultures and we're not seeing the potential to create a bridge between different cultures. When you understand culture, you are seeing beyond race. And because even in a race, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of different cultures, different ages, different perspectives of the generation and the culture. And the nuances of those cultures, to me, is like flavours in an ice cream shop. You can imagine what they taste like, but you won't know what they taste like until you actually try a sample of the, the culture or the ice cream. 
Well, Angela, I thought we would um, start with explaining the definition of what racism and cultural awareness means. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, racism is the belief that groups of humans possess different behavioral traits corresponding to physical appearance and can be divided based on superiority of one race over another. It may also mean prejudice, discrimination, or um, directly against other people because they are of a different race or ethnic. What is cultural awareness? Well, according to Collins Dictionary, someone's cultural awareness is their understanding of the differences between themselves and people from other countries or backgrounds, especially differences in attitudes and values. Programs to promote diversity and cultural awareness within the industry. So the Collins Dictionary is referring to trainings that you might do within a industry. Um, and we, we have those in Australia through different government organisations and sometimes through the, the non-government sector as well. And in this podcast, my hope is that we could look at cultural awareness as a tool to combat racism and as a way to understand and appreciate differences. You can consider how to use cultural awareness as a doorway to a relationship with someone who's different to you, even if you don't get along. And perhaps especially when you're in a really defensive mode or a, an attack mode, how to step out of that. And I wanted to share a little bit about Patty and I. We're from two different countries with different cultural backgrounds and the way we understand each other is through listening to how it is from the other person's point of view, from their life experiences, their work experiences, family, relationships, their spirituality and beliefs. And it's really fun to share with each other those differences because there are differences and there's a lot of similarities too in, within the differences. So it's actually, for me, being with Patty and sharing is fascinating to learn how things are for Patty in Arizona and also in her leadership role because that's very different to how I live. I don't work in a corporate or a, a, a sector where you have to have different levels of management and leadership. And I learned so much from Patty's experience. And in sharing with Patty, I've learned that the way we grew up in a family actually has a lot in common. So I think today that the racism in, in the world has encouraged us or forced us to forget that most of us grow up in a family and have a lot in common. So the differences, say, for our culture in Australia in general, because there's many, many cultures in Australia, but here in Australia, as opposed to the USA, we don't have a strong religious overtone to the culture. 
we certainly have a heritage of the Christian roots of the white colonialists. However, the way the colonial, colonialists behave to the indigenous of Australia wasn't very Christian. And you can't really talk about culture in Australia without acknowledging how the colonialists behave to the indigenous people here. And I think that's quite different to the USA. Um, culture in Australia has gone through a long racist history and the government in more recent times, the 20th century, has tried to balance that with a multicultural policy from the 1970s. And in a, in a way it did work. Um, a lot of people in Australia, including the Indigenous population, still complain about the policy of Australia. And I think complaining is a cultural habit that we have in Australia that I think it started from the prison colonies when the first colonial people came, when there was a lot of problems. So complaining was a part of that. <laughs> and I think there was a lot of alcohol too. So after you come down from your alcohol, you sort of feel like a headache and you complain until you get more alcohol. <laughs> um, so I think we complain a lot, or whinging we call it in Australia. Um, whinging? Whinging. We call whinging. it whinging. And that's, <laughs> you know, we talk about British whinging with the whinging poms, but Australians complain a lot if, about <laughs> these little things in the neighbourhood that go wrong. You know, the sun is beautiful and they've got amazing things here. But in the first colonial settlements, it had so many problems. And similar to the USA, they were killing off the Indigenous people, but then they went, actually, those Indigenous, they sort of know how to manage this very different environment. Maybe we should ask them how to do things. So some parts of the colonial populations were working with Indigenous people, but also abusing them at the same time. It's complicated, but it wasn't an easy settlement. Uh, so back in the 70s in Australia, the government was trying to manage a difficult history, a difficult cultural history. So they started a multicultural policy and they encouraged people to eat foods from different country and enjoy their culture through cultural festivals, mainly focusing on food. And they also, in the festivals, encouraged costumes and uh, dance and different sort of foods, a lot of food, to get the feel for the different culture. And so that multicultural policy was really important to start different businesses in Australia, sharing different foods. And eating different tribes' foods goes a long way to bringing good feelings between different cultures. Also in the 1970 year, the year 1970, in Australia, there was the anti-racism law that was brought into Australia. The most important thing to learn, what we've learnt in Australia, was that even though we've got that anti-racism law, you can't enforce people to stop being racist. And I think in Australia, we don't expect people to stop being racist. I think in Australia, in general, we understand that, that racism's a habit and innate to people but the multicultural policy for all of its lack of perfection <laughs> it's it was a way to just start with people's stomachs get them to eat foods get them to work on their eyes through pretty colors and 
experiencing a culture and work on the stomach, then get to their eyes and get them to feel, oh, that looks interesting, to appreciate the colours of culture. And then later you, you focus on the brain where there may be some in problems. <laughs> so, for example, I know a lot of Australians who love Thai food but know nothing about Thai culture, but the food helps go helps them go a long way to appreciating Thai culture. And when you go to their restaurants, the art and the decor in the Thai restaurants is very appealing to the eyes. But they may not go deeper into the culture. And my question is, how can you do that? How, how can we take that food appreciation to the next level of cultural awareness? Well, Angela, you know, throughout history, breaking bread together was a way of getting to know each other. Family and guests would sit down at the dinner table and eat together and share stories. When families sit down and eat together, they actually talk to each other and share their day, which leads to getting to know each other and spending quality time together. When I was young, my dad would come home after work and unplug the phone from the wall. Remember those old phones, rotary phones, <laughs> stuck to the wall with the long, long cord? That's what we had in our kitchen, <clears throat> right next to the dining table. <laughs> so it wouldn't ring. While we were eating dinner, Dad would say a few choice words about the phone. And, of course, that was before there were cell phones. And I know he definitely wouldn't have allowed a cell phone at the dinner table. Yeah, and you've brought up an important piece of cultural awareness. There's different generations that hand down culture. Mm -hmm. so there's different values and attitudes in the diff different generations. And one of the problems I see happening as well is that we're having a lot of dis disrespect between different generations. And that's something that's influencing the way we, we handle cultural differences. Um, so cultural awareness is actually also appreciating how our parents have given us certain values and how they've handed down those stories to us. Culture is handed down through generations, through storytelling like you're sharing, Patty, and, and through traditions like food through behaviours of how your family operated, through how you were raised. And those are really intimate, the stories that you share at the, the dinner table, um, the way that your dad behaved, the way that <laughs> he encouraged the family to behave. And that to me is fascinating. Each human's culture um, will have a new, unique way of sharing those family traditions. And... Uh, I, for me as a relationship coach, I'm just, I adore it. I, I love hearing how people's families are. Um, but going back to what you shared earlier, Patty, about the definition of racism, in that definition is the perception that your race is superior to other others. And this leads to, to, to feelings, or it's connected to feelings, I should say, that your culture's traditions 
your culture's habits, your culture's ways of raising family and children are normal and another culture's traditions, habits and norms are not normal. And so Patty and I threw around this question, potentially, is everybody potentially a racist? Or is everybody a little bit racist? Or we started to think maybe it is that everybody actually lacks the ability to be culturally aware. And I think, I think everybody has that propensity to be racist in them. And what I see is that racism can be cultivated within a cultural group. And that's a problem that we have in the USA now, and it's also global and has been a problem globally for thousands of years. That's a good question. I think it goes back to lack of cultural awareness and understanding and getting to know each other. But maybe the burning question is, why is it happening today? I have heard this statement many times. Shouldn't we be past this already? I don't have an answer for this, but maybe cultural awareness can help. Yeah, just like racism can be cultivated, cultural awareness can be cultivated within your own culture and between different generations, certainly, and between different cultures, ethnic cultures. The problem today is that traditions and habits that cultivate racism are being foregrounded through social media and through also some of our leaders. However, within those groups that are repeating those ancient habits of judging others and fearing others, those people that are going into fear and judgment, they need to be understood as well. And I'm not saying condone violence and accept that they're perhaps going into behaviours that are violent and that's okay. I'm not saying that. But an understanding of those people goes a very long way. And one person who has inspired me and taught me about this is an incredible man, Daryl Davis. We'll have a link of his TED Talk in the show notes. He's a black musician who talks to and connects to Ku Klux Klan members and he focuses on um, not curing racism but looking at racism as a platform to connect to people in the Ku Klux Klan. He started playing music in a bar and a, a member of the Ku Klux Klan came up to him and he just started talking to the guy and they became friends. So his TED talk is quite inspirational. Another thing that keeps racism, racism, racism resurfacing is that we don't talk with people who believe differently to us because we just hold on to ideas about them. We think, oh, they won't understand, they're not able to get us, whoever that is, that us, and we start seeing the world as us and them. We actually start to divide the world into those people are not us 
So that, that in itself, the way we think, stops us actually thinking that we could talk to them or that it's possible to talk to them. And then that gets worse and it actually creates a, a real mental divide between us and them and we start seeing that divide as impossible to cross and we don't even bother to talk to them. And another really inspiring example, a real-world example, of how to cross this divide comes from a woman, Megan Phelps Roper, who was a member of the Westboro, Westboro Baptist Church. And we'll put the link to her talk on YouTube as well in the show notes. So Megan was a member of the Westboro Baptist Church who has very strong views and uh, some of them are homophobic and other views that are very strong. And she started sharing those views on Twitter and then another man started engaging with her and asking her questions on Twitter. And later on, <laughs> this man and her started to really talk through Twitter. Then later on, they started to meet in person. Then later on, they ended up getting married. So <laughs> I think this is great, right? Like I'm a relationship coach and I've always loved how people ended up meeting and getting married or dating and building a relationship. And this to me is like crazy. Like people use social media in, in ways to meet people sometimes. This is an extreme example of... If you think you can't talk to someone, well, why not try just engaging? And you never know where that relationship could go. In this case, it led to a relationship, a love relationship. And so we think that you can't talk to people. But Megan's example and her talk is quite inspiring because you can see in the video her heart became softened and it led to a romance and it led to a love relationship. So I think it's... It's really important to see Megan's example and Daryl's inspiration to see how those things that in our minds divide us actually aren't forever physically dividing us. They can be dissolved, but they do require conversation. And I think asking curious questions to understand, not debating but asking questions why and asking it in a calm nice manner helps also to want to understand the other person's point of view instead of us being judgmental and assuming the worst we should choose being open-minded to listening to different points of view and asking questions to understand, not to argue to prove our point, but we don't have to agree with the opinion, but can choose to be respectful and tactful, like the same situation that Angela was talking about, Megan, and the man she married eventually. I think it's time we make a positive shift towards creating more kindness and moving away from criticizing and judging people. Look for the positive in people and lift them up 
instead of tearing them down. I wrote a blog post back in March of 2015 called Judging and Assuming the Worst of Others. And I really think it pertains more, even more today, in today's society and with this topic. Here is a little of the blog post. The target audience at the time that I wrote this blog post was in the workplace environment. It has a lot of self-reflection questions to ponder. So here it goes. Why do you think people look for the worst or negatives and negative in others or in situations? Why do you think people assume you are judging them? Why are some people so quick to point out their opinions and interrupt you when you are talking or express such harsh points of view that are not even close to the truth instead of listening and assuming the worst? Why are some so quick to judge instead of being open and listening to the other person to explain their situation? Why do people why don't people actually talk to each other instead of behind each other's back? Why has this concept become acceptable? What happened to compassion, integrity, and respect for others? Why do people feel the need to gossip and create drama everywhere they go? Why are some people just so mean? Why is there so much hostility towards one another? What happened to kindness, patience, and truthfulness? How can we change this behavior in our personal lives and work environment? I think one person at a time, not getting sucked into this conduct by walking away or stating, I'm not going to participate in this activity anymore. That's fascinating how that's uh, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the issues have not become any different these days. What do you think this blog post has to do with choosing cultural awareness instead of racism? Well, Angela, to be honest, I feel everything. What if society was not so quick to judge and to actually sit down and calmly really listen to all sides and discuss the issues without debating with hostility and come up with solutions instead of pointing fingers and never solving the problems. To teach cultural awareness instead of hate, fear, and judgment. It's okay to have different opinions. Why does everything have to be about winning the debate instead of what's morally right? I feel these days, and, and this has happened in several periods of history, but these days that people have a lot of fear running around them in their world, outside of them, and also inside of themselves at the same time. And it's certainly heightened by the virus and also the division and ex anxiety they see in the world around them. So... I feel people, instead of being able to stop and say to themselves, hang on, what's really important here or the right thing to do here, they go into a default behaviour 
which can be very primal, like separating yourself from others, us and them, and seeing others as a threat, as opposed to maybe you could say, well, I'm not going to lose anything by having a conversation with someone. It's not like that person is going to attack you if you start a conversation, but unfortunately, with social media now being a place of attack, people do feel if they start a conversation that the person's going to attack them, so they give up. Mm-hmm. So one of the strategies I'd like to share is something that I learned from the virus situation and the lockdown in Australia. What happened to me was I started to see that I didn't have to rush anywhere because the shops weren't open and I started to realise I could spend a little bit of extra time and effort to ask someone a question instead of jumping to a conclusion about what I think they might be thinking. So I might have a question to the person about the lockdown situation. Like, oh, what am I supposed to do here? If I was going to the store or if I, when I was in lockdown with my friends, I would ask them a question. What are the rules? I would ask about what's actually the code of conduct, basically. What are we supposed to do here? I didn't go mm-hmm. into assuming that the whole world was against me, the government was against me, my friends <laughs> were against me. And I did have to ask my friends, you know, how are we going to go to the store? Basic things about how are we going to get this done or what do you want to do? So I didn't naturally assume things were against me. I asked a lot of open-ended questions about how are we going to do this? And the same thing if I went to the store, I'd see somebody at the store and I didn't know what his instructions were about code of conduct. So I'd ask the gentleman, I'd say, oh, excuse me, what do I do here? And he would just direct me on what to do. Sometimes there's signs that tell you what to do, but I I found for me, because of the lockdown, I was able to slow down and actually talk to a human being and that was really grounding for me rather than relying on signs or assumptions and I noticed uh, we're not in so much of a lockdown here in Australia at this time well this part of Australia um, in Sydney but I noticed that I started to go into more of my default primal behavior of rushing and jumping to conclusions I I was on the phone yesterday with a doctor and I had too many ideas in my head and I wanted to get them all out at the same time but I couldn't (laughs) sequence my thoughts and my brain started jumping and I kept jumping in and finishing his sentences and that sort of behavior is something I'm paying attention to because as soon as I'm doing that I know I'm going into primal behavior and I'm not going to get anything from it all I'm going to get is more anxiety and I'm not going to get clarity so what's the point so I, I noticed that some people go into mean behavior because they can't handle the stress around them 
so when I yesterday that's what I was doing I was jumping and finishing the doctor's sentences and when you start feeling you can't handle stress you start exploding into ways of communicating with people that is disjointed abrupt in an offhand way random things come out of your mouth and it's a form of protection and a way of not dealing with that person in front of you not actually experiencing them because you self, you yourself feel you're under too much pressure and it's a defensive behavior so if you notice that disjointed way of communicating that's your sign to take a breath step back pull yourself away and consider what's going on here and how can you ask for help like I did with the gentleman at the store I asked him for help to tell me what was code of behavior just so I know and I can relate with him and the store people yeah, I think that's so true that a lot of this change that we've been going through is causing a lot of stress and people's behavior isn't the same as it used to be. I notice when I go to the store or whatever, nobody talks to each other. They stay very far away from each other. It's not like it was before where you would, you know, talk to people when they walked by. Now it's very different. <clears throat> Angela, what if each person who is listening to this podcast makes a conscious effort to encourage and lift people up and refrain from partaking in the negativity of the news? Maybe we can all create a positive shift and bring back hope and kindness to this world. Isn't it time to reach out and stop the pattern of fear, despair, hate, and anger? I personally would love to see more cultural awareness, kindness, empathy, compassion, joy, smiling, hope, and laughter instead of focusing on the fear and the anger and the disappointment and the hate and the malicious talk about each other or to each other, arguing, all of those things. I would rather see us a lot more friendlier and kinder to each other yeah and my main strategy is start with the person that's physically close to you if they're there mm -hmm. and for example when I noticed I was choppy with the doctor or jumping all over the place I went okay there's a problem here today Angela <laughs> <laughs> how can I be more kind to myself and respectful to the doctor and that's good that you self-reflected on it yeah self self-reflection is so important when we realize our behavior towards another person wasn't the way it should have been yeah and if you can't self-regulate yourself it's hard to be kind so I had to say okay how can I be kind to myself so what I did was I got a pen and started writing down some ideas and just tell myself it's okay if you're scattered mm -hmm. I had to look at what I had to do practically to just calm myself um, because you may not always have the ability to talk calmly 
and to be asking open questions because you're also in anxiety mode and mm-hmm. you need to have some sort of self-regulating habits. And my habit always is those open questions that we get to use through coaching <laughs> to ask ourselves those open questions in the moment. Sometimes I, I think, how did I ever make it in this world before coaching <laughs> yeah. or be a decent human being before coaching? <laughs> yeah, because we go into autopilot and just start um, recycling old bad habits that never really did much good for us, but we got, we got comfortable with them. And mm-hmm. maybe our culture also reinforced those old bad habits as normal. So coaching gives you a window into how to look at those habits and to choose better or different ones that, that are making you feel better as well. I feel like with the inspiration of um, someone like Daryl Davis, that's been the type of person who's inspired me because he was a musician and he used the arts as a way to cultivate connection between all ages or cultures or people. As a musician, you're in a public space and you play to everyone. And for me also, the dance has been a huge tool to connect across cultures. I used to go to weddings or different restaurants where they played different cultural music and I'd eat their food, and I'd learn their dance. (laughs) And later on, I'd start talking to a person and become a friend with the person from that cultural background and ask questions about how their life was, how they grew up. And I realised that sometimes the way our parents or families were were quite different, but, you know, sometimes they were really very similar So I use culture a lot in that way to bridge between the different experiences. I wanted to add that realistically, you can't be positive all the time. People and circumstances are going to upset you and that's okay. We are not going to agree with everyone and every cause and that's okay. There are times when you will have negative and fearful thoughts. Listen to them and learn from them. But before, but don't let it take over you to the point of unhappiness and depression. If watching the news makes you fearful and negative, what can you do to change that? When scrolling on Facebook and reading all the bashing posts, if that bothers you, what can you do to change that? You can choose what is best for you and your mental health. Yeah, and as you're talking, Patty, what comes to mind is is talk to a real person. I still think uh, kindness starts when you reach out and ask for help and you talk to people. And unfortunately, people are too isolated. Either they live alone or just physically being isolated from the lockdown situation. And that can create habits of removing yourself from people, but you can always connect virtually through a phone call, through the internet, and get to talk to a person and 
and share what's going on for you to try and move outside of uh, the feelings rather than just venting though what are you looking to to change in in if you're feeling anger or depression what do you want instead what right because um if you're playing that same song over and over again but that negativity over and over again is playing in your head how are you going to change that yeah what's causing that how can i get rid of it yeah and often when we have a fear and we're playing that fear over and over again what we really need is connection mm -hmm. and unfortunately with racism it says come join us because we don't like them either and people are getting connection through hatred but you can actually abate your fear by getting connection to someone just listening to you what are you worried about and of course with coaching that's one of the things we do we start to understand where the fear is coming from and not just how to manage that fear but how to look at what you need in your world that's going to then help you go beyond the fear so you're not coming from a place of fear but you're coming from a place of strength creating a world that you want creating a culture that that you can be inclusive with not exclusive and and pushing people away and one of the ways i'd like to share if anyone is interested in movement or different music from different cultures I, I've always been into world music and experiencing culture through different music and it's a part of my movement classes. So if you are interested in movement as a way to experience peace, relaxation, getting out of social media and the, the web of hatred that can be spread at this time through social media, the movement classes can be a respite for you and I'll put the link in the show notes to my calendar. I'll be having three classes a week starting September 21, 2020, to start giving people a way to connect to their heart and to get outside of uh, some of that media energy which is not positive and is seeming to create more anxiety for us instead of bringing us together. So I hope today people have got some ideas about cultural awareness and if you would like to share things about culture that are inspiring for you perhaps Patty they can do that on the um, Building Better Relationships Facebook page when we yes. share the podcast and, and add their comments to the Anchor podcast as well. And Angela and I wanted to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would definitely love to hear from you about this topic, like Angela has said. Leave us a comment or a voicemail message on Anchor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message. And please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.